Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, another episode of Get the Flick Out of Here. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Alex uh, Pulowski. With me, as always, is Kate Elizabeth. We decided to extend Schlocktober. And I don't one forgive final, you. One final week, and you, nor, nor should you. I don't forgive myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you said it is to decide to extend Schlocktober one final week into the beginning of November. Um, Christmas apparently is a seven-week holiday here yes. on the channel. So we're gonna be maybe we'll get one week of non non anything no no schlocktober no, like a no, non no, no Christmas theme. just a random just a random movie maybe we'll get some reprieve there but 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 buckle yourselves in because it's gonna be terrible Christmas movies all the time um, so I hope you all enjoy that uh, but for one final week of schlocktober I decided to pick a movie that I remember as being wacky fun. Um, it was a movie that, that, that came out when I was a child that I saw when I was a child once when I was a child and loved when I was a child, um, should have left it there. Should have left it there. Here's, I am here to, I am here to tell you people, if there is a movie that you loved, loved when you were a child, um, do yourself a favor and do not go back and revisit it because it will be not what you expected it will be so disappointing that you you like what was wrong with my brain as a young one that i could have enjoyed this particular thing well, it wasn't fully developed yet you were it wasn't kid. fully developed yet no, nor apparently were the people who made this um right. monster squad is a a cult movie and 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 people love it and a lot of people really love it and i i'm here to tell you like if if you've watched it as an adult and you still love it God help you. But if you've only watched it as a, as a child and you say to yourself, but I love this movie, you must be wrong. What could possibly be wrong? How could this movie be bad? Brothers and sisters, flickers and flickettes, I am here to tell you this movie is bad. This movie is very, very bad. It, it, it is like there are there are there are inconsistencies and plot holes just everywhere and and i'm not talking like well it's a kid's monster movie just let it go you know i can't you know that 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 is i can't i'm unable to i am physically incapable of letting it go but i also even if don't I'm, know if this is a kid's monster movie like some of the stuff in here is not appropriate for kids oh no it's definitely not there's zero reason i should have watched this uh when i was eight and a half years old there's yeah, no I, reason for it. I think they just conned parents with like, oh, this ragtag group of kids. Here, here's what some... it is. Here, here's here's what it is. It is it is capitalizing on the insane popularity two years earlier. This was made in 1987, so two years earlier. They capitalizing on the insane popularity of the Goonies. It's a ragtag bunch of kids who instead of fighting bank robbers, they're fighting literal Dracula, the Wolfman. The mummy and the creature from the Black Lagoon, um, and I'll, like at this point, that that pitch goes into an office uh, in in some some Hollywood producer, and he immediately signs off on it because 
What a great, like, honestly, what a great idea. But the idea doesn't come to fruition. And here's, here, uh, I'm going to say, here's, here, here's what we get. The people, the Fred Decker is the director. He co-wrote the screenplay. The only other movie of note that he directed was RoboCop 3, which let me tell you, wasn't the best of the RoboCops. Um, and then the other co-writer of this, which I found very interesting, okay, is Shane Black. Do you know the name Shane Black? I do not. He had himself a hell of a 1987 because he co-wrote this and he wrote the screenplay for Lethal Weapon, the first Lethal Weapon movie, oh, which was a okay. huge success. But he sold it. And when he sold it, he, he put in the contract that he would be allowed to be an actor in a uh, an action movie. And he they gave him the part of Hawkins the guy with the glasses from Predator, from the original Predator. That's Shane Black. All of this happened in 1987. Now, Shane Holy Black God. would go on to have an actual real career, uh, like the, the, the cult favorite uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. Oh, yeah. uh, he, wrote, he wrote and directed Iron Man 3. He's done a lot of good things. This is a this is a black mark on, on his name, uh, this movie. Um, and I, I, I think that I know it fit what I feel like it was going for or what I feel like it actually should have been is a TV pilot. Yeah. There is, there is, there, they are not, they are, they are not interested at all in giving you any background story, any, any, any real characterizations, any, anything that actually makes these people people because in a pilot, you don't need to do that. You're going to do all those things in the subsequent episodes. Just give me an overall feel of what's going on in the pilot episode and we'll move on from there. But this is a film where you need where I need to know and care about any of these characters and I and I don't because you haven't done anything to do all those things. So we we're going to go through this and we're going to identify a all of the things that are blatant rip-offs of the Goonies and b what why this is why this is a pilot episode. Um and also why the movie is terrible and why I'm very, very sad just to report <laughs> that the movie is bad. Um, so uh, I wanted this to be good, guys. You have no idea how 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 badly I wanted it to be good. You it's extended not... Schlocktober on the belief that this was probably going to be good. And I I, I wanted to do a, a, a live episode, our very first live episode, as a celebration of this movie. And after watching it, I was so depressed. I was like, I can't I can't go in front of the people live and tell them how bad this movie is. It will it, it, nobody would like that. Heartbroken. The movie starts with like a little crawl thing of like. A hundred years ago, Van Helsing and a bag and, the, and his followers tried to kill Dracula and stop an amulet from destroying the world. They blew it, is what the final thing says. And then it shows us this happening. But the first thing it shows us is uh, is a really terrible model up on a hill of a, of a castle. And then apparently it goes inside the castle. Um, and it's under the basement of the castle. There's lots of caskets. One of the caskets opens and some fingers crawl out. Uh, but that's not Dracula. I don't know who that was, but we, we never see that person again. I don't know who that is. Dracula is a bat on the ceiling, but not, I don't want to talk about the bats on the ceiling. I want to talk about the armadillos on the floor. Did you happen to notice, Kate, that in lieu of rats, I don't know if like you're not allowed to film with rats in whatever backwoods country they filmed this. Um, they're not rats crawling around. Those are armadillos 
who are indic who are indigenous to the American Southwest and parts of South America. They do not ex they do not live in Transylvania. What was the idea? Because they're only shown really like backlit and silhouette, but they are unmistakably armadillos. Did the did the people did the the producers think well? the people watching this will just assume they're very big rats because they're not they're armadillos i will say having lived in new york i have seen rats that size in the subway but they are also armadillos they look different than rats mm -hmm. it was a weird choice for a rodent vermin-esque takeover mm -hmm. as armadillos are just kind of there i feel yep yeah. Um, anyway, uh, uh, Dracula. I just also love that we got to, like, you got to say the sentence. I don't want to talk about the bats on the ceiling. I want to talk about the armadillos on the floor. Like that. What? Uh, you're never gonna just say that in your life again, probably. No. No. I was. I was waiting for the day, and it. Uh, <laughs> it was and today. that's today. Um. So, uh, there, there are all these bats on the ceiling. But only one of them that's very large, and it turns out to be Dracula. And he he transforms into Dracula, and he's standing there. He's it's like it's a full Billy Lugosi costume. Like this is the thing about this movie is very very interesting is that like these are obvious. These are if you asked a child who was into old classic monster movies, I want you to uh, to draw Dracula, and they would draw this because but dracula doesn't necessarily have to cosplay as bella lugosi's version of dracula that's just how empty this movie is they have no actual thoughts of what dracula might look like this is just he's just he's got the cloak with the big thing and the big he's got the 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 bling and the and the red vest and like it's very odd but um when he, he stands was, he's uh an acting standout throughout this i actually really yeah. liked his his Dracula. Yeah. I thought it was um, when he's standing there in his basement. There's all these uh, bats flying around him, but they're not. You can see the strings. They're rubber bats. Somebody above him is just doing <laughs> you this. Can, with. You legit can see the strings. So it was kind of at this point where I was like, I don't think Monster Squad was supposed to be a parody of itself. Mm -mm. And I, because I, I don't remember seeing this as a kid. I was born the year this came out. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it was like on and I'd seen it, but because I've always been a scared little weirdo, I probably mm -hmm. was never like actively seeking it out. But I was like, oh, I thought this was like a sincere movie. I didn't think this was like a parody, but like between the armadillos on the floor and the fingers of someone that mm -hmm. we don't see or get revealed to us and the presentation of Dracula and seeing very visibly the strings, I was like, oh, is this like, tongue-in-cheek i thought this was like a sincere effort it was a sincere effort this was just not very good yeah um so anyway uh um van helsing and his and his and his boys are are storming the castle they cut it pretty they cut it pretty short um uh two guys like roll a a, a thing of dynamite will not be the last time we see dynamite used in this in this picture um Spoiler. It, behind the door the portcullis, um, which explodes and allows them to get in, and they get in four four minutes to midnight. Hurry up! What you I, like? Honestly, I don't know what were you guys all doing. You, you like yeah, hanging out at the pub, 
in Transylvania, like, ah, well, almost midnight. We should probably get down to the cat. You could have showed up whenever you wanted, man. Um, but apparently they're like, ah, well, no, we cut it too close. It wasn't like they were fighting through an army of, of demons to get in there. Like they, they could have shown up whenever. Yeah. Um, but Van Helsing, old guy says, bring the girl. And uh, there's a barefoot peasant girl, uh, 15 years old, and she's reading something. And he just keeps yelling at her, read, or we're all going to die. No pressure, old man. Like, like, like she, <laughs> Maybe not, I would I, be able to focus on the words in front of me if you weren't yeah. yelling at me. She, he's literally in her ear <laughs> screaming for her to read faster. Um, and there is a... Um, a vortex that opens up and it and it sucks all of his friends into it um and and also van helsing i don't think it does the girl because we don't see her later but maybe it does i don't know i forget who cares um but we know we know one thing it does not actually what he's supposed to do is supposed to like put um uh dracula up there the only thing we see him do is like uh van helsing's got a, a wooden stake on a crossbow and and shoots a uh vampire lady and through the heart with a stake uh and so that, there we go that was 100 years ago cut to <clears throat> random american middle school correct does not tell us ever where but i'm trying to piece it together obviously it's shot in california because that's where everything is shot so it looks like california but there's also a very expansive swamp which isn't california um, I know that the drought is a, is a, is a fairly recent thing over there, but they didn't have swamps in California in 1987. Um, I'm thinking it's supposed to be New Orleans, California. I'm thinking it's supposed to be East Texas because all of the sheriff's deputies wear cowboy hats. Um, so I'm thinking that's it. Uh, but they never tell us nobody has an accent. So who knows? Um, we, we see these two kids who are in the principal's office. Their names are Sean and Patrick. Um, by the way, uh, Sean, obviously the leader of the group, is, uh, is supposed to be Mikey from the Goonies. Mikey, of course, played by the actor Sean Astin. So it's an immediate ripoff of who this character is supposed to be by associating him with that. And I believe that Patrick is supposed to be the Corey Feldman character, Mouth, yes. uh, because he is he is actively insulting people while apologizing for it. So he's um, like, it's it's that kind of a character, but but only in this scene, like him being actually quick on his feet uh, verbally um, uh, and, and a deceiver is only really ever used in this scene. And then they forget about it. Um, I would have would... liked to have seen that come out more in this character, because otherwise from this scene on, he's just Sean's friend who happens to have a hot sister. That's it. Legit. That's. And like, I don't know, in a movie where you're deceiving things beyond humanity that are creepy and spooky, that would be a helpful skill to have. It sure would. Uh, it sure as shooting would. Um, but anyway, the principal is very angry with them because they have been drawing pictures while they're in whatever the whatever female teacher's science class. And the science is real. Monsters are not like phenomenal. Um, listen, the thing about her, she's a she's a she's a nice lady. She's just this is Patrick saying this. She's just you know, boring. And also, 
her head is shaped like a cat's head. That's why Sean and the other guys call her Meow Mix, but I would never do that because how rude. Like, honestly, one of the better lines in the whole thing of this kid, like, like actually getting a dig in at the, at the teacher, but saying, I would never do that. Um, it's great. They actually run into her later. Um, and she doesn't have a, a, a head that's shaped like a cat's head. Her hair is styled in a weird way that kind of looks like the silhouette of cat's ears. Her head isn't shaped like that. That's very No, it's odd. just a normal human head. Yep, normal human head. But um, also they can't resist because this is the other thing. This feels like a precursor to um, to South Park. In that this is one of the earliest movies I can remember where the kids swear at each other, um, uh, talk about things beyond their years that they shouldn't, like, you know. Because uh, ideally 12-year-olds um, aren't, in the at least the way that they were written in movies up until this point, they they're kids. They're not young, young, young adults. They're kids still. Um, and uh, this which is feels what, like the beginning of that. And also what the people love about Stranger Things, right? Which I will never watch because right. I'm a sissy. But like to your point, if you I've I've watched a lot of Trey Parker and Matt Stone interviews and one of the things Trey Parker says is that's his favorite part is like people love like the super political episodes or whatever he was like the thing that I love is when they're just being like little terps to each other because little kids yeah. like that's mm -hmm. how we don't want to really acknowledge it but that's how they act so South Park I think Stranger Things it seems like took the best of that and applied yeah. it better to their to their uh show but yeah, uh, th that is, I think, probably where the nostalgia factor creeps in for people, too. Like, that was probably the first time they've seen kids like represented like that on screen. And so that's what they take with them, forgetting that the rest of this movie is generally really bad. So anyway, they 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 were able before they run into the to the to the cat lady teacher. Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Metzger places a hand on their shoulders while while admonishing them. And then later they say he was homoing out. Um, you know, you know what they never teach you? You know what they tell you to watch out for in the school or the cat ladies and the homos? And I was like, oh, 1987. There's um, some other things in here. Yep. Yeah, um, but uh, that's where they 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 leave. Um, and then we're introduced to uh, who we are only uh, really ever known as, Fat Kid. They just call him Fat Kid. So, of course, that's Chunk from the Goonies because you got to have a fat kid in the group, obviously. Um, and, and that's uh, their defining trait too. Mm -hmm, exactly. No, he was, he was, he's on his way to somewhere and he's eating a Snickers bar and he runs into Jason Hervey, the actor who plays a guy named EJ. And I honestly uh, thought the way that they wrote these bullies uh, was, was, was smart. And at least they had like ideas of like, we're here with a man on the street interview from one bully to another. Uh, why is fat kid fat? Because he's always eating a Snickers. Yeah. because so, you're always eating a Snickers. What do you have to say about that fat kid? Uh, and that's really terrible, but at least they're like clever with it as opposed to later in the same scene where he just starts calling him uh, a homosexual slur, uh, yes, which is, repeatedly. which again, which again is how children in the eighties talk to each other, but still weird to see in a film uh, now. Uh, but anyway, um, he takes the, 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 the Snickers bar from fat kid whose name is Horace. Okay. Whore ass. You, you just decided to name the kid Horace so that you could have the bully call him that 100%. one time. That's the only reason 100%. you did that. Um, and so 
he uh, stomps on the um, the Snickers bar on the ground, and he's about to uh, he's beating up the kid it's around the face on the ground, and then uh, a kid on a bike shows up, and this kid is cosplaying the Fonz. I don't know why, but he is absolutely cosplaying the Fonz. He's got like little loafers on, and he's got pegged jeans and a white T-shirt and a leather jacket and like little fingerless gloves. And he's got his hair slicked back. Um, he's on a he's on a he's on a BMM man bike. So he says, "Hey, EJ, I see. Uh, I see you met my friend Horace. Well, uh, why don't you uh, pick up the candy bar? It's yours now. Eat it." And so he's making the bull. There's nothing better than a bully making a bully feel like he being bullied. That's yes. that's the way. That's Sense, the way right. problems are solved. Um, and so I don't know why this kid Rudy who's obviously older than all the other kids, is friends with Horace. That is never explained, ever. I don't know if they're neighbors, if, if like, uh, their, their, their parents are friends. Are they cousins? I have no idea. It's never explained why Rudy, this kid, who obviously strikes fear into all the hearts of all the other kids, they say, he's in junior high. Um, so it's different than being in middle school. Uh, or I guess six, the sixth grade in this particular school is like the last thing in elementary school before you moved on junior high. That's fine. Whatever. But, um, he says, um, so fat kid runs into, uh, Sean and Patrick and Sean's little sister, Phoebe, um, who's five and very cute. Uh, just wants to tag along with um, with her brother now. Favorite favorite part of the movie was Phoebe the whole time. <laughs> there is there is no analog uh, in Goonies to Phoebe, except for the fact that they have that that she functions um, in as much the same way as all the older as the as Martha Plimpton did in in the Goonies, the older glad bespectacled. Uh, girl in the Goonies who didn't really want to do any of this stuff uh, and doesn't really let you want to want to want to be a part of it. Um, although, like, uh, the thing of it is, maybe she fix, maybe she functions more as Data. Like, Monster Squad has zero interest in bringing a student of color into this group. No, no this is this is this is a whites only club. The Monster Squad is, um, uh, and just pr- and proud of it. Um, and, but anyway, maybe she's supposed to be data. Maybe she's supposed to be, uh, that maybe that's what she's supposed to be. Cause she's just a little gung ho about everything. Anyway. I thought she was uh, adorable and actually really good at this considering how young she oh, was. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, she, she was, was she did, she did, she did a fine job. It was it, whenever. Um, but so Horace shows up. Hey, Hey, Hey guys, Rudy wants to join our club. He saved my life. Should we let him? Uh, and I don't know why Rudy wants to join the club. It's never explained. I don't know what Rudy's Rudy's relationship to these kids is. It's never explained. I I believe that Horace and Patrick and Sean are in a little club that likes to talk about monsters. I get, I, I totally get that. I don't know how Rudy is related to them in any way. I don't know why he would want to be part of the club. I know he wants he wants to say stay a part of the club. Because yes. They show that they have all their meetings in a clubhouse behind Sean's house. And from the window of of the clubhouse, um, Rudy gets a full view of a girl disrobing next door. This is revealed later to be Patrick's uh, older sister. Um, and she is purely 
a male gaze. There's not yes, really then, a ton to her until not, way nothing about, later. Nope, no, 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 all that. Um, so uh, they they give they give Rudy a quiz about monsters because you get, you got to be able you got to know about monsters if you got to be in our monster club. They don't call start like calling each other a monster squad until later. Uh, but he he does know everything about the monster the monsters, so he's allowed to be there. Um, I don't know why he wants to be a part of it. But he does. It's not um, even like a younger sibling's no. friends or anything. No. Like there's no he's just the older dude. And as 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 Phoebe says, the only thing they know about him is I heard he killed his dad. Which yeah. of course isn't true, but um, but it's like one of those things that you hear you know, like about, about kids. And about. he's not even like a misfit. Like he seems like mm. a cool guy. So well, I mean, he's absolutely a misfit because he cosplays as the Fonz, but nobody, <laughs> nobody in the in the town seems to think he's a misfit. They think that makes him cool. But that's what I mean. Like he's not even an outcast for his own grade, so he has no choice but to right. default to these kids, uh -huh. right? Like there's no, right. nope. So now, inexplicably, the movie decides to just open all kinds of holes in itself. Cut, smash cut to a World War II era bomber flying through the sky and two wisecracking pilots. Like, I hate, what am I doing here flying this World War II era bomber? I don't know what I'm doing, this bucket of bolts in the sky. Like, hey, would you rather there was people back there always ringing the bell, asking for more almond things? You're right. This is actually a pretty good gig. Whoops. Somebody made a sound in the back. I thought there was nobody back there. I'm going to go check. Um, and and I, I don't know why these, who, why are these, why are these guys, these guys? Um, anyway, the guy goes back there and sees a rat and also a bat flying through there is one crate that is obviously some kind of casket that is just written on it frankenstein like somebody just wrote like they like they like they they stenciled fragile but instead of fragile it says frankenstein and i don't know why they did that um but the bat flies past him and he's not he's not at all alarmed by a bat loose in the cargo hold like is that a thing that happens all the time on your multiple World War II era bomber flights. Um, and uh, then uh, because it flies past him, he doesn't turn around to look behind him, which is where, of course, the bat becomes Dracula and then smacks him in the face as he turns around to look at him. And um, and then this guy has decided uh, Dracula goes over to like caress the Frankenstein casket. And then the guy goes over the pilot and hits the open the bomber bay doors button uh, because he's about to murder a guy dressed up as Dracula. I don't know why he would think that was actually Dracula, but he's going to murder a guy dressed up as Dracula. Um, and uh, the crate falls down, but this is actually a, a, a very cool little moment. One of the only cool monstery moments of the movie where Dracula is just floating in midair. He should have fallen, but he floats. Um, and then he transforms into a bat and follows the the, cr the crate down, and the 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 pilot just looking down there like, Wah. now, oh, the crate 
falls safely into a marsh below. Now, completely. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that I don't know if you can fall safely in a in a pine box casket from thousands of feet in the air, even if you land in a marsh. I just don't think that's a, a possible. But like unscathed. I'm, I'm assuming that Dracula's plan was to pull the thing himself over the marsh because that's where Frankenstein needs to be because we'll explain later that's the meeting place for all the monsters. Um, but instead, we had this little scene with the pilots. Did Dracula book a World War II era bomber plane to take him and Frankenstein to America? Did he did he call up a a, a travel agent or 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 a, or a shipping company? Like I would like to ship. I would like to ship a dead person from Transylvania to the United States, but it needs to be done via World War II era bomber plane. Is that a thing you can request when you call UPS or FedEx? Is that a thing that you can say, I'd like to ship a, a dead person via World War II era bomber plane? Yeah, of course. Thank you. I, I, I did not know. Also, clearly you did not know about the military service of Frankenstein's monster and Dracula. So oh, this might have just been a favor yeah. that was done by the pilots because they go back yeah. to war days together. Did you not know that those it's monsters po it's, it's possible served in the military? The I guess. Um, I don't know. Know your facts, Alex. <laughs> uh, this is the There's beginning so many of... different ways you could have gotten to the point of monsters in the marsh. There's so many ways. Mm -hmm. There's so many ways you could have gotten to monsters in the marsh. Anyway. Marshes are the creepy place where monsters hang out. The, the vehicle for that being a World War II bomber mm -hmm. is inexplicable so it is it is inexplicable um none of that that does not does not make sense it it objectively and, makes no sense ergo they do not explain it because it is inexplicable mm -hmm. <laughs> we never see those pilots again we never see that bomber again i don't know that also that that cargo hold is chock full of other shit there are crates in there of different sizes and shapes I don't think they all contain monsters. Uh, so if it's a special request by Dracula, how does he, does he have a credit card? How does he pay the shipping company? Like. Or like if he's Dracula and he killed someone in the process, like why didn't we get that scene somewhere? Also, everyone else is apparently getting their stuff shipped by World War II bomber planes. Yeah, there's not bombs. No, no. It's just cargo. No. Um, so um, this is where we see uh, Sean come into to, um, uh, his, his house, his little idyllic house. His, his mom is basically the mom from A Christmas Story. Like she's wearing one of those weird lacy apron fronts over. And that's the only time we ever see her wear anything is that particular outfit. Like it's a very frumpy outfit. Uh, housewife kind of blousy dress thing like very matronly. Same, very, very matronly very matronly very matronly um 
and she's preparing dinner, as is the only thing women are allowed to do in this movie. Is, is your, if you're a mom, uh, she has no life outside of the home whatsoever. No. Um, but uh, uh, she comes in, and uh, he comes in, uh, and he's like, hey, no, you wash up for dinner now. Uh, I'm preparing it as we speak. Um, and uh, 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 he says, oh, by the way, I got you something. And it's a book on the table. I got it at Judith, whatever her last name is, Garage Shale. She found it at the old house out on uh, Shadow Brook Lane. Okay? Shadow Brook Lane is the name of this. I got this at a garage sale. The person who got it, told who I bought it from, told me she found it. And what we will now learn later is Dracula's summer home. Like, like that's the his vacation home in the States is this house. I don't, we never meet the person who went into the house. Uh, she's never mentioned again. Of all the ways for this book to come into possession by this child, this has to be the weirdest possible way, which opens up all the wrong like things. Like you have a you have a club of kids who are really into monster movies and stuff. Why don't they sneak into the house and look around? Because it's really spooky and abandoned. And he finds a book. That's way way more like actual keeps every, all, all the plot together. The problem is, is it would have taken, I don't know, eight to 10 minutes to film that, like to have that scene. Instead, you just have the mom say, I went to a garage sale and I bought this book from somebody whose name you do not need to know. She went to a house on Shadowbrook Lane and stole it. And I bought it from her. They could have been having an estate sale at the house on Shadowbrook Lane because dead people in the house, right? Like there's so many ways you could have closed that gap. Also, it's just weird to, I don't know, I didn't, at a garage sale, aren't you like, it's two bucks. I don't think you're like, here's the origin of this book that I had. Well, here's the deal. Um, she says it's, uh, it's by Van Helsing something or other. It is the diary of Abraham Van Helsing, the same old guy we saw a hundred years ago get sucked into a vortex. Kate, how did the book get to be in this dilapidated house in East Texas, if that's indeed where it is? Um, I want Shane Black or Fred Decker to explain it to me. I think it ended up there because of a garage sale that happened in Germany. In, in Transylvania. There you go. Yeah. Um, makes sense. Uh, Sean is, of course, very upset because the book is in German. Earlier in the in the evening, well, in the in the day, we see Patrick and and Sean and Phoebe walking by a house with an overgrown front yard and cha big chain link fence. Says, "Oh, look! It's scary German guy. He's in there. I saw him watching me through the window. Maybe he's a German spy. We're not at war with Germany anymore," says Phoebe. "We're at war with Vietnam. It was in Rambo. She's five. Don't let your five-year-olds watch Rambo, please, people. Um, so, uh, yeah. So this is 
uh so that way uh, that this is their um oh so then sean goes and talks to his dad who is shaving at six in the in the evening because <laughs> like he's do. got a he, he's he's got a big um he's got a he's got a big big date with their mom if we find out later it's actually couples counseling it's marriage counseling um so uh this is so funny that i happen to have um pause like like pause the movie at the at the exact right moment but of course because it's on a streaming service i'm not allowed to 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 snip it um whatever i'll talk about it later um the so he's 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 a dad and a cop he's a detective and so he's cool dad or whatever you know like hey like hey don't hey, you're going to stay here 12 year old and watch your 5 year old sister everything will be fine um i mean i guess that's fine um but uh but he's like i want to go and see groundhog day part 12 this movie of course came out 5 years before groundhog day but it's funny that that was the name that they gave thought to give to their fictitious slasher movie french franchise was groundhog day um and there's a uh, we were. I was going to go with the guys. We were going to watch it. Oh, no, they're all going to blab the plot to me tomorrow if I don't go with them. Um, uh, I don't, spoiler, I don't think any of the guys go to see the movie. Not that we're built on. No. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's never, this never actually came into play again. But anyway, um, uh, he gets a call from his uh, his partner, his detective partner who says sorry you got to come in there's a big case we got to go solve okay this is stan shaw this is the only person of color in the entire cast i want you to remember that when i tell you what happens to stan shaw by the end of the film of course only person of color in the entire cast guess which one gets killed okay so um 100 <laughs> every time uh every time. There, there's a reason why that trope became a joke in the 90s is because throughout the 80s that was constant rampant um, rampant also going back many... to the couples counseling thing yep. this will be at least the third time we see a movie where there's mm -hmm. a strained marriage that gets mm -hmm. who needs therapy when you've gone through what was the john ritter movie we watched where they were going through all the tv channels stay tuned stay tuned and the burbs had that and this mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, also has it, but just like the most recycled trope of like our strained marriage is going to get fixed by the man right. defeating supernatural events. Right. Solve your um, communication issues. All right. He's he's like, he's he's like, hey, sorry, I'm a cop. You knew that when you bought the package. Um and it's like it's like I matter. My the I my this is important. I'm important. She's very, very angry at him because he's going to miss a couple of counseling. And um, she says, he says, I love you. Prove it. And then he just walks out. Because uh, he's he's got to go because there's a there's a important police stuff he's got to deal with. Um, one of the things, apparently, is this. There is a man in the police station screaming about how he is a werewolf and it is a full moon tonight. You got to lock me up. Please lock me up. He, he fights like four or five guys, deputies, steals one of their guns and is holding it up in the air saying, lock me up. And they shoot him. Um, in this case, I think it's a clean shoot. 
Uh, he already had like thrown people across the room with with superhuman strength. He's holding a gun. He's not pointing at you, officer. But however, I'm gonna go ahead and say, say it's a clean shoot. We're a very rare clean shoot for the cops. This one's a clean shoot. Uh, so they kill him. Um, while Stan Shaw basically is on the phone, it's like, hey, you got to come down and deal with something. Not this, by the way. This is not a problem. It's a different thing. That's a problem. We're gonna go and see that in a Completely little bit. Separate. Thing. Um. So. We do not know yet, but we will find out. Shadow Brook Lane, the house, is not this house, right? Uh, is, is this house, but we don't know that it's this house. We just see a giant hearse with a huge skull hood ornament drive up to this dilapidated old house and Dracula gets out. He's summering. Is this his car? Did he buy this car? Did he? Did I mean, he, if he, he can afford a summer house like this, he could probably. No, but this is the thing. It's not though his summer house. It's just a dilapidated old house that they decide to turn into Monster Central. Like it's never actually talked about how it's owned by Dracula. All we know is that somehow the amulet is buried under there, and uh, which we'll find out later. And the, Abraham Van Helsing's diary is just sitting out there somewhere for some lady to ju for, named Judith to walk in the open front door and take off a bookshelf somewhere. That's all we know about the house. But I, now that you've said it's his vacation home, in my head, Dracula's like, the Hamptons just became too much. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to Shadowbrook Lane in East Mar Texas, New Orleans, California. Martha's Vineyard is just... Oh, it's just now. overwrought with their celebrities coming in, pretending they care about wine culture. Like, mm -hmm. I'm over the vineyards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're going to East Texas. East Texas. Swampland, East New Texas. Orleans. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> Did he rent the car again? Um, See, so everything you're, you're saying makes me want those scenes. Like, I want Dracula at Enterprise to be like, um, I ordered an SUV. And I know you don't like reserve it properly, but like no. I, I need those. I need those scenes. Yeah, no, I, no, I don't. I don't want a luxury SUV. I want a hearse. <laughs> no, I don't want this add-on insurance. I don't need it. I'm dead. Right. Um. So, this is not the. This is the biggest. This is not the biggest. I need to see the scene. Scene in the, in the movie that's coming up very, <laughs> not even very quickly. Close. <laughs> um. But. So the only thing that makes sense is that at some point in the past hundred years, Dracula made a trip to this area of the world, bought a hearse with a giant hood ornament on it, and put it in storage until he came back later. Because this is not a thing you just like go down to the local mortuary suck a little blood and leave with the like unless that person also has a giant hood ornament of a skull on there which most hearses don't in my no, experience that would be weird that would be like mm, a little on the nose yeah um but and like disrespectful this, to the this family. house i always i always so assumed like a descendant of abraham van helsing left and came to america and brought the amulet and the for safekeeping, so Dracula couldn't get them, and the diary, and brought them here 
to this thing and then later died. That's the only thing, but that's never explained to me, but that's the only thing that makes any sense. I don't know how then Dracula, I guess, can read minds, would know where to go to find this old house that has the amulet buried in, in its walls or the, the, the diary, What whatever. He gets out of the car and says, ah, tonight it begins. Um, and then a flash of lightning uh, makes his face turn into a skull for a split second. And that is where I have paused the movie right now. And I, I, and I can't, I wish I could, I wish I could tell you because it's, it is, it's because it's a split second in the movie. Um, the skull mask is actually quite good. Uh, the eyes in it, the little fangs or whatever, but it's very obvious that he is wearing a turtleneck to, yes, to hide his, to hide his skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's bad. Um, so that's what we see here. Um, there's, uh, so then the uh there was the, the there's the okay here we go right after this right after we see the the uh the guy who says he's a werewolf get shot by the cops we cut to smash cut to um the museum i will i should say this town i'm gonna say max twelve thousand people it is not like they're living in, it's not like it's, it's Houston or Galveston. No, it's it is a, a small town, right? It is a suburban they small have, town with a swamp. They have a, they have a history, a historical museum in this town that apparently has in this museum an actual mummy in an actual sarcophagus. I don't know how this museum got it. Usually those things cost a lot of money to, to get for your museum. But there they are. Stan Shaw is talking to a guard at this museum in this very small town in East Texas. He says, so there's no way you didn't see anybody come in and take the mummy. You didn't see. No, no I, I would have seen it. Of course you would have seen it. Did you take the mummy? I'm all out of options. Stan Shaw is written as a very bad detective. Not very good at his job. Not very good. But but, but uh, Sean's dad, Dell, um, it, it says, uh, well, there's only one problem with all of this. 2,000-year-old guys, dead 12,000-year-old dead guys don't just get up and leave by themselves. This, a fair uh, point. Right. It is a fair point, except for they immediately, again, one of the only clever moments of this movie, smash cut immediately to a 2,000-year-old dead guy uh, walking around by himself, uh, walking right. down the road. Um, dragging a leg with one arm still taped to himself, the other arm like, like this, like the Boris Karloff mummy. Again, you have all of the options in the world for how you want to show the mummy. It doesn't have to be this mummy. It doesn't have to be the Boris Karloff mummy. There are other mummies that you could do, but you decide well, we're going to do a direct homage slash ripoff to the original material. Which then, um, I feel like if you are trying to claim this is a kid's movie, that's actually a fair approach. Sure. Yeah. But when Ernst, when Ernest Scared Stupid has more creativity with the troll than right. your movie yeah. does, that's not a great look. I'm not really sure exactly uh, where we're supposed to think the mummy is going. He's just, he's just leaving. He's just going by himself. Just going. Um, yeah. So... The, the next thing that we uh, we see um, 
is um, is Sean on his roof with binoculars looking at a drive-in movie theater, which is playing the opening night of Groundhog Day Part 12. He can clearly see it from his roof without binoculars. We know because we are on his roof, the camera is, and we can see it without binoculars. It is huge. It is next door. Like it is, it is a very... It is, if he walked, if he could walk from his back door to the drive-in movie theater, it would take him 45 seconds. That is how close this drive-in theater is to It is house. so close. I would argue there's no point in going to the drive-in and you should just invite your friends over to hang out on your roof because that would Thank be you. a cool guy thing to do anyway. That would be awesome. Like yeah. I would have loved that when I was a kid. Especially um, but, when you're not old enough to drive. But dad, beleaguered detective dad shows up. Uh, with a with a with a bag full of Burger King and hands his kid a, a Whopper and a Styrofoam uh, case because that's how you know it's 1987. Uh, it's like so. What did I miss? And he takes in. So he's hanging. He's a good dad, hanging out with the kid on the roof, bringing him Burger King, and and uh, you got the and the thing was like you're supposed to think oh, he's a good dad, um, hey, which is why we're supposed to not like his wife. That's that's. You got to If you're writing a script about divorce in the 1980s, you got to pick a side. Guess what? All the scripts written by men. Guess whose side they picked? Mm -hmm. um, so she's a shrew who doesn't want her her dad her her husband to go out and actually have a job. It's, this is the way it's presented. Like at least in Stay Tuned, she had a job too, right? Like right. she was a uh, yeah, like stressed out, full on mm -hmm. character, and the burbs. Uh, they had reason for marital strain because a right. big part of the burbs was that he was going kind of like slowly insane here, right? So, but in this, she's just a matronly woman who only prepares meals uh -huh. and uh, because she's annoyed that she's not getting attention or love from her husband because he's prioritizing his job, she is right. the enemy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, also, I just want to go back to the fact that they shot a man who was asking to be locked up because he was going to turn into a werewolf, and mm -hmm. that doesn't really like—that's not of alarm to anybody. No, no. Um, so after the scene on the roof, um, uh, we 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 get to. Um, I, I I should I should have mentioned this. Um, I don't, I'm not sure exactly when this happens, but um, the uh, the dead body of the guy who wanted to be killed, who did suicide by cop because werewolf, he's in the back of a coroner's van, and he because it's it's the full moon, he turns into a werewolf in the coroner's van, kills the kills the coroner, and the the the, the van crashes. Um, uh, the I, I continue I continue to say that the transformation sequences for the werewolf are pretty cool. Yeah, they're really. But the neat. overall look of the werewolf's face is way off. Like yeah. they, they put his eyes like way up here and off to the, not on either side of him, which would be, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, a prey, because that's what a prey a prey looks like. So they can see all directions in case predators come from. Predators have their eyes front and center. They put them like way up here on his forehead. I don't know why, and this, he doesn't really have a snout. It's a really bad looking face of a. It's like of a, a teddy hand. bear, like it's a, like yeah, a it's weird teddy bear face. Anyway, but the transformation um, sequences are really cool, and also like 
that guy was justified. He was like, lock me up so I don't turn into a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we're going to w- try and kill you instead. And he was mm-hmm. like, that's not going to work out great. Because guess what? Guess what? You can't shoot a werewolf with a Not a silver nards. bullet. Not a silver bullet. So there you go. Maybe we should. Anyway, um, the next thing that we after we, we see also um, uh, us, the swamp, the swamp um, uh, where, where, where Frankenstein's uh, crate fell. Uh, and we see the wolf man trundling through the swamp. Right. Um, and then he then we see uh, uh, Dracula holding his cane, which has like a wolf's head on it, you know. And then the mummy walks up and it's like, we all just, okay, all right, synchronize your watches. We all meet here at this particular, not just in the swamp, in this particular part of the swamp at this moment at the same time, because we're all going to do monstery stuff. Um, and then uh, rise like in and out, out of the swamp, like raises up the crate, the Franken fragile crate. Um, and it's being carried by the creature from the Black Lagoon, who I guess just lives at the swamp. Hey, everybody, let's all meet at Frank's place. Like, was is that it? Like, can we all just meet where, where the creature from the Black Lagoon lives? Well, in the late 80s, I feel like that was more of a... So maybe it's a, technically a lagoon and not a swamp, but I think... It is definitely not a lagoon. It's, I guess, yeah, because it's so good for him. He's, like, exploring yeah. different bodies of water. Right, yeah. That's awesome. Um, um, but... But that was like, you know, it just, you could carpool, you're saving on gas. Like, let's all right. just go to his place, I think, is a fair idea. So uh, they opened up the crate, and inside is Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster, excuse me. Um, and Dracula takes his wolf head cane, and he pulls the ears of the wolf head out, and they are attached to wires. And the wires stay in the head as he pulls them out, and he connects them with little clips. The wolf wolf ears are little clips to the electrodes on the side of Frankenstein. He's got jumper cables in his cane, and he holds it up up in the air because it's, it's a stormy night. And lightning strikes the thing, and and then shoots down the wires and wakes up Frankenstein. This was all part of the plan. And I want to know, did Frankenstein, no, so did Dracula go to like technical college or did he have this cane custom made with jumper cables in it? And if so, by whom? Again, another scene I need to see where you get a jumper cable custom cane made. I think Dr. Frankenstein proper made the cane. Maybe. For he's, Dracula. Never, he's never spoken of. They he's never actually not. talk about whether or not there's a drink. It, it, honestly, Frankenstein only refers to Dracula as master. Like, yeah, that's like they, right. Have they conflated Dracula and uh, and Doctor Frankenstein? Is it actually? Have, have we been actually? I feel I feel bad. Like, I don't think he went to uh, seven years of evil medical college to be called uh, Mister. I believe it's actually Doctor Acula. We've all been just calling him Dracula. Oh, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, See, I get it. Like student loans, mm-hmm. I would right. be angry too. But I also mm-hmm. think it's good that he predicted the weather forecast to charge. Right, him. exactly. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Um, 
we see little Phoebe in bed with her mom. And it's like, are you going to yell at him? Um, no, I love your father. I was talking about Sean. Yell at him for scaring me about the lightning. Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do that. So anyway, we hear them just yell at each other. They're yelling. Oh, yeah, sure. Sorry about my job. Sorry I've got a job. You, you're like, I don't know. I just want you here more often. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 right? Women and their problems. Am I right? Um, but while this is all going on, well, there's a screaming match in the den. Sean comes downstairs and sees written huge on a little whiteboard by the phone in the kitchen. Okay. Um, I need to, I need to see this particular thing. Um, okay. Uh, here we go. Uh-huh. No, too far. Um, there's a, a, a note written on the board for Sean, written by his mom, obviously. Thor, colon, Sean. Caller, colon, Mr. Alucard. Parentheses, school, question mark. Message, colon, interested in Van Halen diary. Possible $3 signs. This means, okay, obviously Mr. Alucard is Dracula. It takes Sean, a 12-year-old, about three seconds of sitting down and trying to figure out an anagram for, I don't know why he immediately was like, this is an anagram for something and didn't just think immediately, how about I try and spell it backwards? Because Mr. Alucard is obviously Dracula. But he said, anyway, this means Dracula knows that there's no Van Helsing diary in the, in the, in the, in the old house, which means he knows where it's supposed to be. And he goes and looks for it and it's not there. Now, how does Dracula know who came in to take the thing and how, how does he know that it's Judith? But he really knows it's Judith because then he goes to Judith and uh, he says, Judith, you stole this, this book from me. Um, who did you sell it to at your garage sale that I also knew that you had? Um, and Judith says, I sold it to Sean's mom, who doesn't actually have a name. She's just Sean's mom. I don't actually know if she has a name in this thing, but she might. Um, she's just Sean's mom. So he's like, okay, great, Sean's mom. Um, I also know, uh, but Judith wouldn't have called her Sean's mom. Judith would have called her by her actual name. And then Dracula would have been like, okay, great. Somehow, I also know that she bought this, this, this diary for her 12-year-old son whose name is Sean. And I know to call this phone number and ask for Sean and, and, and I will give him a fake name, uh, Mr. Alucard. And I will say, I would like to purchase your Van Halen diary or the mom is so stupid. She doesn't realize that the guy says Van Helsing, but she writes down Van Halen because she forgot that she was the one who bought the damn diary in the first place. Possible money signs. There is legitimately no reason for this scene to be in the movie. It's never followed up on. He never calls. Also, message, interest in Van Halen, possible money. Apparently, Dracula did not leave a number to call him back. No, so, like, point. Sean doesn't try to find out the thing. Like, he's not, like... 
it would be one thing if like he needed money for something for tickets to the big monster con or whatever. And he was like, oh gosh, I don't know where I'm going to get this money. Oh, I could probably try and sell this diary to this Mr. Alucard. And then he goes to meet him and it's obviously Dracula. Like that's a scene you could do. You didn't pay off this weird little note on the thing for any At reason. He, he does the anagram thing, realizes it's Dracula and then doesn't do shit about it. It's a completely useless scene. Oh, neat. That's very funny. They really um, don't. They really don't follow up on it at all. There is a another child. Apparently, this child's name is uh, Eugene. He's about Phoebe's age, maybe a little older. He desperately also wants to be in this monster squad. He brings his dog, a little beagle mix named Pete, into this clubhouse for their meetings. Dogs um, are always I, saving the day. Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't know it was Eugene when they did this scene, but he goes and he knocks on his uh, his dad's uh, parents' bedroom door and says, "There's a monster in my closet." And his dad plays along, comes in, says, "Hey, all you monsters, get out of here! Come on, let's go. You two on the bed, chop chop. Great, I got rid of the monsters. Now go to bed." Like, no, there's still one in my closet, and he and the, because the dad plays along up into a point that it serves the film opens the closet but doesn't look in it and goes oh would you look at that big scary monster ooh 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 shuts the door of course the mummy is in the closet okay and then he goes and leaves and then the kid watches his dad leave the room turns around and we see the mummy having i don't know in the span of a second and a half opened the closet door from the inside and scampered 15 feet across the room to dive through a window and out the roof. Later, we have Eugene say, the mummy came in my house, right? But why? Once the dad left him alone, if the mummy was there to kill the kid, he would have just killed the kid. There was zero reason for the mummy to ever be in the house. He didn't come in there for any reason. Also, I don't. we've seen how fast the mummy walks. I don't know how he got from the swamp to this house so fast. I definitely don't know how he got from in the closet to out the window in the span of a second and a half. We've seen how fast the mummy moves. I, I was thinking about this and I tweeted this earlier too. Mummies are the lamest of monsters. And really this proves my point. Mummies can't even get themselves out of a linen straitjacket, basically. Yep. They can't survive beyond it. All you need is a good pair of scissors and a mummy is going down. So if this squad is so well-informed, I feel like they shouldn't even be scared of mummies. But this is so weird. I feel like they thought this was going to be like a fun like jump scare scene or something, and it wasn't. Like this was so misplaced. Um, now we get the actual formation of the monster squad. And an impromptu nighttime meeting in the clubhouse where they say, now we're the monster squad. And fat kid says to Patrick, what's a squad? I think it's like Miami vice. And Rudy's there. Cause Rudy just hangs out with children. Um, Fon Fonzie's there. Um, and, and, and Eugene is there and says the mummy came in my house. I don't know how Eugene, this, this, this six year old child has, already supposed to be in bed and leaves the house to walk the streets alone with his beagle puppy 
to go to this monster squad meeting. None of this movie makes sense. <laughs> it's just so dumb. Um, Dracula uses a, a, a secret passageway in this house that he needs to know about, which means he's been there before. I don't understand this movie at all. And he goes down. There's a literal dungeon in this house. Um, and he and he goes down the steps into this literal dungeon full of rats and cobwebs to check on Frankenstein. And says, uh, uh, how do you like your new home, my friend? Home. That's, that's how Frankenstein talks. Um, tomorrow, I, I must sleep soon. So tomorrow you must do this for me. Van Helsing's diary is in the possession of some children. I want you to go and take it from them. If they do not agree, I want you to kill them. And Frank is like, hey, hey, hey. Um, and uh, that that's that's so ends the first night. Now, am I wrong about this, Kate? There is only one full moon per month. Completely yeah. full. Completely full. It's close to being full, then it's full, then it's close to being full as it gets less and less. Less and There's less. One yeah. new moon, one full crescent, one full half, and one full moon. Everything else is on its way to those stages. So if tonight is the full moon, tomorrow cannot be the full moon. You get the Wolfman one night a month, and that's it. But because it's a movie, we're just going to gloss right over that. If it's full ish, if the moon is on the like, night of, of on the night of the full ish moon, like if it looks full, you're good. Yeah, if it's you know what I mean, of, like yeah, yeah. if I can barely tell the difference. Yeah, right. If it's like a spot, the difference between these pictures that you wouldn't even notice. Yeah, like um, good enough. So uh, the next day, they go because they have German. They like who can translate this diary, right? Uh, Patrick says, "Hey, my sister." Takes German in high school. Um, yeah, but, says fat kid, she doesn't speak German. All she does is stand around and let her guys touch her tits. That's just the thing that they do. Uh, and Rudy's like, hey, your sister wouldn't happen to live next door, would she? Yeah, that's her. And Rudy's like, oh, my God. Right? So um, they go over and they they get, they go and they meet scary German guy in this house. Um and uh, he is a very nice man uh, who offers them pie and mm -hmm. translates all of Van Helsing's diary. And, um, and he knows all that, all there is to know about the whole, the whole deal. The amulet mu must be one of every 100 years on that particular night can, can be used for either the forces of good or the forces of evil, depending on who is wielding it. Okay. Um, so you need to find the amulet because Dracula is obviously looking for the amulet because guess what? The day he's doing is, is tomorrow night. It's the only day it can happen. So, um, anyway, they're all leaving and, uh, it says uh, that I noticed you may have thought that I was a vampire, but look, how could I be a vampire when I have a reflection in that mirror? Right. Um, and then, uh, Horace is like, wow. You sure do look, you sure do know an awful lot about monsters. Yes, that is true. I suppose that I do. And he closes the door. And as he closes the door, we see he's got a serial number tattooed on his arm. 
And he's like, ah, social commentary from 40 years before this movie was made. And I was just like, okay, cool. I mean, I guess, like, I guess we can all, here's something we can all agree upon. In 1987, Nazis are bad. Weirdly, it's that's not something we can all agree upon in 2022. No, that's weird. What <laughs> progress? <laughs> anyway, um, so <laughs> this is so ridiculously dumb. Um, they, uh, what the, what's the, this is a long scene. Um, they go and they we have a we gotta have a plan. Um, uh, they 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 come home right. Um, and Phoebe's like, oh, because Phoebe's been playing by the swamp, like you do at yeah, five, just alone. And there she meets Frankenstein. Um, Tom Noonan is a very, very tall actor, uh, but he's wearing the platformiest platform shoes. The thing about platform shoes is when you wear them to make a guy taller, you usually don't film the platform shoes. Because it ruins the illusion of him being very tall. Um, every time they show his feet, he's wearing like 10-inch platforms. Ace Freely When, could when never. you're only filming his feet, just have him wear boots. This is the dumbest thing ever. I don't know why we're doing this. Um, but anyway, Phoebe makes friends with him. Um, and introduces him to all of her friends. Um, and they go up into the, into the, uh, into the, into the, uh, the bill clubhouse. She's teaching him words like bogus. Um, and then he looks out the window and sees the, uh, apparently this girl only disrobes in front of her bedroom window, which is only wide ever. open. And she does it at all hours of the day. Constantly. Frankenstein looks out the window and is immediately turned on by this because, She's 16. I mean, obviously, you know, there you go. Right? There. The age gap between um, thousands of years old and 16 <laughs> is a pretty gross one. And he captures the moment, too. And he accident. He doesn't know how a camera works, but totally takes a picture. Like, he, he holds up the camera as though he knows what he's doing, but he clicks the shutter and is immediately freaked out by it. This is a very important because this picture will be used as blackmail porn later in the film. For the for the forces of good, um, <laughs> it's just such a weird movie. Um, uh, it's awful. The depiction of women in this movie is terrible. There's a there's a very heartwarming scene where they're all walking together. All the children are walking together with Frankenstein off into the sunset uh, for no reason. Um, we see a, a, a Dracula. Um, uh, we see Dracula breaking open a wall to get to the amulet, but doesn't go get the amulet. Correct. You know, it's right, it's right there. He could just walk. You, you made just a hole big it. enough for him to walk through, just leaves it there. I don't know why. Um, so we have uh, a, a plan. Here's what we're going to do. We got to, we got to get all these things so we can kill all these, all these, all these monsters that are in town. Um, Rudy, you go make, Go to go to shop class because obviously those are only classes that you take, Rudy. You're that kind of kid. Uh, makes make some wooden stakes. That's not fair. He has he has uh, hit a jukebox by mm -hmm. or fix a jukebox by hitting it. Class. Right. He yeah. has jumped the shark class, which happens much earlier in this film. <laughs> he uh, 
he uses some silverware stolen from Sean's mom. This is this is where we get a a, a, a montage, an eighties montage. And he monster squad, do 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 monster squad. I don't know what the it might as well have been that. It's it's a good little rocking song, um, but it, but it is it is very uh very much. Oh, we're gonna is. talk about the ending soundtrack at the end of yeah. this because we just uh, the mm-hmm. I I it, uh, as soon as credits rolled, I was like, click never to watch again. Oh, they they brag about the fact that this does not take place on Halloween night. Wonderful, good. Um, so like lyrically, the, um, the uh, um, the they Sean has stolen her mother's his mother's silver and has given it to Rudy so Rudy can melt it down into silver bullets in uh in shop class because that is a thing you do you do routinely there's lots of smelting going on in in, in metal shop like where yeah, you, you like, make just, bullets yeah you make bullets he's got a he's got a like a, a little thing like he's pouring the melted silver into like a little mold so he can make bullets so he can kill a, a wolf man like you do yeah of course um that's during the that's the this is the the montage oh also he steals a, a bow and arrow from the archery class at their tiny little towns um thing um oh and part of the, part of the montage is Eugene who was wearing a I just realized this by freezing it here. He's wearing a Civil War era cap. And this is how you know the movie is set in Texas. It's a gray Civil War cap. Oh. Um, That's a choice. Yeah. His dad, though, has a very thick New York accent. I don't know why, uh, but he does. And But he's also a big fan of the grays. Big fan of the South. They'll rise again, don't you know? But anyway, he's he writes a letter, dear army man, please come to save our town. Um, it, there are monsters here. Signed Eugene, and then he puts it in an envelope, and the dog licks the envelope shut because, of course, he does. It's a movie. Um, I don't know where he gets the address or the or to, to send it to army man, but he does. Spoiler alert: the army man receives his letter. Uh, we'll talk about that at the end of the film. Um, uh so oh this is where um rudy is coming out of the one hour photo mat with all these developed pictures looking through them and finds one of naked patrick's sister right um and then uh shows it to frankenstein who is looking at it hornily and all the children are hopping up and down to try and get it from his hand because they all want to look including patrick patrick really needs to see his sister's knockers like it's imperative to him in this moment that he see his own sister's naked nude breasts. I didn't put that together. Also, Phoebe now. is trying to. Also, Phoebe is trying to get it. The only yes. the only child who is not trying to get it is Eugene, who seems like he couldn't care less. But Phoebe really needs to see it. I, I okay. The five year old little girl needs to see. Right. The 16-year-old's breast that everybody else is salivating over, including uh-huh. a monster who is uh-huh. her friend. Uh-huh. Um, there that's, is, where uh, we're, that's where we're at. Right. So because it's daytime and there's all kinds of sunlight pouring into this window, Dracula's totally fine. Uh, and he's, uh, he's tied uh, John Grice 
Grease, G-R-I-E-S, the actor who played Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite, uh, is the guy who plays the wolf man when he's not a wolf man. Um, and he doesn't want to be a wolf man. He, he wants, he wants to go and turn himself in again. So he's not a wolf man. Only the wolf man wants to help Dracula. The guy who turns into the wolf man very much does not. Um, he is tied to a chair and he is given a, a sedative to make him not try to escape. Because Dracula needs him to be the Wolfman later tonight, on the night of the not full moon, and um, and, and so he, he look at he, all the plot holes we discussed. <laughs> I know the one that oh, that a full moon is just one night is yeah. probably the best one because it's just the crux of the film itself. Right. Just right. the entire framework is shattered. Right. Yeah. On the on the night of the fullish moon. Um. So he they, he he. He puts the, the pill beneath his tongue and doesn't swallow it. And then when Dracula leaves the room, he spits it out and then just, he's he's tied to a chair and just does this with his thumbs. Up underneath the thing and then over his head. He wasn't tied to, the, even if you're not sedated, you shouldn't be able to get out of being tied to a chair. Otherwise you weren't actually tied to a chair. Right. Why are there so many holes in this movie? Um, he... Later, whatever. So then we see Dracula's next step is he goes into the pantry, into the kitchen. In the pantry are three uh, young women. Um, they are all wearing white shirts and little floppy bow ties. I think they're supposed to be waitresses. They're all wearing a uniform He's kidnapped three waitresses from IHOP. I don't. I don't know. Doesn't matter where they're from. The only thing you need to know about them is they're clearly virgins. <laughs> this I, mean, is I don't know. The Are most, they? Oh, like the. I feel like this is such a the trope of the like good girl virginal whatever. Um, right, but then he turns them into the vampires. The next time we see them, they're all vampires. That's correct. Yes. Um, uh, but they're, I don't know how he kidnapped three of them at the same time. We never see it happen. From the same, we have never seen it happen. I don't know where they all came from. He opens a door in the kitchen, into a pantry, and in the door are three women in their late teens, early twenties. They're not bound or gagged or anything. They're just in there. There does not appear to be a lock on the door. No, we don't see him. Doesn't seem unlock the door. There's, there's, yeah. not, there's no deadbolt or anything. They're just voluntarily sitting in a pantry waiting for Dracula to come turn him into vampires. Why is this movie have so many holes in it? Even if you were like captive, just don't be in the closet. That's so weird. That is weird. Um uh so uh Detective Dad is in is in the Tell. Is in, Heat Dell, Detective Dell. I like I like I like call him Detective, Detective Dell. That's Dad. basically what his character is. He's sitting at his desk. Um, there's all there's a mound of paperwork he's got to deal with, and there's an ashtray full of Marlboro lights. Um, and um, he gets a he gets a call. No, no, Stan Shaw comes in, his partner, the only black guy in the whole film. 
course. The only non-white person in the whole film comes in and says, hey, we got a call from a guy claiming he's the werewolf. You know, the guy who who was a, who was saying was going to be a werewolf before that we shot and killed and then the body disappeared from the crash site. That guy apparently is on hold and he's talking, he wants to talk to you. Um, and he says, hey, the, Dracula's here. He, he's going to come and kill your son. You, you got to stop him. And then like, what, what's going on? And, and they hangs up on him, right? Uh, and then we see the guy turn into the, because because then it be, goes from just being dusk to, because uh, he went to a, he ran to a payphone, the uh, Wolfman did. Uh, okay. And he, he turned, goes from being just dusk to being a full moon, um, a foolish moon. And uh, and then he becomes uh, he becomes he becomes the 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 the, the werewolf, um, but but even though like Dell hangs up on him, he's still weirded out by it. Um, I feel like because it's not a full moon, he should be a compromised werewolf. Right. Like he's missing yes. one hand, that's a claw, or something. Right. Like he just can't fully transform because it's he's, not he's, a full he's, moon. If he's if he's if it's a fullish moon, then he's a wolfish man. Yeah, I, exactly. Exactly. Um, so <laughs> there's a plan they have now. It's 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 um it's Fat Kid, it's Sean, uh, and it's Frankenstein, and they're going to the old house in Shadowbrook Lane. They're gonna break in. They're gonna find the amulet. They're gonna uh they're gonna steal the amulet, and they're gonna because they're gonna because they they now they know who's gonna translate who's gonna read this this uh you have to. If to say the words at the same time the amulet is at the at the time or whatever the thing is, only a virgin can say the words, whatever. And I was like, all of these little boys are virgins. It has to be like a girl virgin to say this. Like all these little boys are they're all 12, they're all virgins. Why can't one of them read it? I guess they can't speak German, but yeah. Um, that's I I, I'll actually take that justification. They can't speak German. Um, but they're like, we gotta find a virgin. All of you are virgins. Um, but anyway, they go to uh, Sean and Rudy are interrogating. Uh, no, Sean, Patrick and Rudy are interrogating Patrick's sister. Like, you know, you speak German. We're going to need you to read this stuff and you're going to do it. Oh, I'm not going to do this. Why would I do this? Um, and this is uh, because if you don't, copies of this photo are going to be all over all the bulletin boards, all over, all over high school. It was gonna. It's gonna be revenge porn that was taken without your without your knowledge or revenge con, kitty or, or porn. Consent. Uh, yes, um, and uh, and I'll, we're gonna blackmail you with it. And so she agrees to do this reluctantly. Also, like the justification couldn't have been like, "Hey, something spooky is going on in town." No, like they wouldn't have done that. They don't even give her the chance to deny the actual reason before they blackmail her. They cut straight to the blackmail. Right. right. Oh yeah. Right immediately. And also, it cannot be said enough. Her own younger brother is the one who's leading this racket. Her own younger brother is blackmailing her with non-consensual pornographic materials to be shown to everyone. Including apparently all the teachers in the in that school, which is and is deeply curious to find out if she's a virgin right. or not. Right. Yes. Also, yeah. Um, and so she says, "Yeah, I'm a virgin." Wow. Um, so when they break into uh, Shadow the Shadowbrook Manor, um, uh, there's a, a an earthquake or something that um, 
has the entire house fall on Frankenstein right in the front doorway. So they can't get out the front door. And also Frankenstein is dead, buried by a mound of rubble. And then the Wolfman shows up, right? Um, and then... Uh, Wolfish. <laughs> the Wolfman shows up. And uh, and this is where uh, Sean says to Fat Kid, kick him in the nards. The Wolfman doesn't have nards, responds Fat Kid. And just kick him anyway. And he does. And of course, the Wolfman, because he does have nards, responds in kind. And then Fat Kid says, the Wolfman's got nards. And that is the only scene anyone remembers from this film. It's a clever little scene. It is. But it is not a film to build a scene to build a film upon. It does and that's not where this justify fall apart. all of this other stuff. Right. So um they are they are being approached by three IHOP waitresses who are now vampires from down one corridor. Dracula from another corridor who it cannot be said was within arm's reach of this amulet he has wanted for a hundred years and stopped to go terrorize a couple of preteen boys and also the wolfman. And so they run over to to where uh, to this, there's a there's a statue there, which looks like maybe Theodore Roosevelt or something. And so Sean is trying to get everything, trying to pull it. What are you doing? Um, he says, uh, says the fat kids, like, don't you know? Uh, haven't you ever watched the Hardy Boys? This is how there's always a, a hidden thing. So they actually there is something on the statue, and they go down into the dungeon, and there's the amulet. They've been they're in the dungeon for a long time, and easily Dracula or the Wolfman or any of the vampire brides could have followed them, but they do not. He, Sean sees the amulet, goes into the room where the amulet is hidden, takes it, and leaves. That's just, just he's able to just leave. Leaves. He's able to leave the house. Um, but they're being chased by the bad guys. Um, and uh, and this is um, where they are rescued by Phoebe, who brought Scary German Guy in Scary German Guy's literal German Jeep from 1948 that I guess he got shipped to East Texas. <laughs> There's so many holes in this movie. Um, they uh, they are speeding away from the scene, right? Um, there's Patrick and Rudy, uh, Fonzie, uh, with the, with, <laughs> with the, the, Rudy is, is riding his BMX bike with uh, the 16-year-old girl on the back of it as though it is a Harley Davidson. And that is not how those bikes work. No. Um, but they all pile into scary German guys, scary German Jeep, and they drive away in haste, right? Um, and the mummy jumps on the vehicle as they are, as they are going away. And uh, I actually liked how they dealt with it which was that they took a loose strand of his wrappings, tied it to an arrow, and then yes. Rudy shot the arrow into a tree, which then unraveled the mummy super fast as they were speeding away. And all that was left was just half a skull rolling around in the middle of the street. And that's My, how you that, that's how you kill a mummy. Only thing was this looked like a Nerf sets bow and arrow. Like, mm. couldn't the props department have at least feigned that no. this this arrow? No. It was like plastic. It would never be able to hold the weight of an unraveling man. Right. Like, just get um, a better looking arrow. It wasn't even metal looking. So, uh, so at some point, uh, um, 
Dell, Detective Dad, finds out that his son, who is in danger from being killed by Dracula, believes the story now, and he and his very sarcastic uh, black partner decide to drive out there to go and, and see what's going on. And as they're driving out there, um, uh, a hearse is coming straight at them. Can't emphasize um, enough that there's as many people of color in this movie as there are Confederate army men. <laughs> at least Confederate army hats. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I just can't believe that they did that. I honestly, if I had not frozen the film at that moment, I would not know that. But they did. They totally did. They put a six-year-old boy in a Confederate army hat and were like, "Cue." Um, so uh, they're they're driving down the street at a very fast pace, and coming toward them is a set of headlights. They don't appear to panic about it until the car travels through them because it is invisible or ghostly or whatever and then they panic about it but they were they were totally fine about like just driving head all, headlong into another vehicle and they turn around and try and follow uh, this vehicle um, this vehicle then drives up and um, and lands uh, and crashes into the house of detective dad and uh, mom and um, and so it's able to zoom through another vehicle without hurting itself, but it crashes up through a mailbox into a house, hits the porch or whatever. But it, so it, it's totally, it's got physical properties whenever and also not whenever. So immediately the Dracula gets out of the vehicle with dynamite. Okay. And there's so much walks, dynamite. In he walks movie. straight into the backyard to the foot of the clubhouse in the tree. And he throws a lit stick of dynamite into the treehouse and walks away and says, meeting adjourned, as it explodes. How does Dracula know this is where Sean lives? How does Dracula know this is where the monster squad has its meetings? How does Dracula know there's a monster squad? Like, and he's like, I'm, I, I, very, very, he knows they're not in there. Because they were just at his friggin' house. I mean, this is hypothetically, a thing to blow up a blow up a treehouse for no reason. Frankenstein could have told him. I feel like hypothetically, but we never. But seen Frankenstein that actually never went back to talk to Dracula. He's been with the kids the whole time. That's right. Yep. So anyway, the cops, the detective Dell comes shows up, and um, and Stan Shaw stays in the vehicle uh, to call it in on the radio. Um, and uh, so Detective Dell's out there is like, you, hey, hands up. What are you doing here? What's, get away from my house. And then Dracula lights a stick of dynamite and throws it underneath the police car. And Stan Shaw, again, only person of color in the entire film, looks at Dell and goes, ah, and the, and the squad car blows up. Killing Dell. This is, again, the only human death in the entire film. Yep. The only human death uh, is pretty superfluous, I would say, also. Like, it's does not, not, does not need to he die. doesn't it's die like saving Phoebe. No. He doesn't, no. there's, nope. they go out of their way to kill the only person mm -hmm. of color 
in the movie at all. Mm -hmm. The only non-white person. They go out of their way to kill them, and they're the only human death. So, looks great. They also have a Confederate flag on a child. Or, I'm sorry, Confederate hat. hat. On the child. Confederate flag would 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 be worse. Confederate. I don't. I just think the props. It would be more obvious. <laughs> I think the props for department forgot what color the good guys wore in that. It's in that, very in that possible. Um, or the kid is just too stupid. Maybe the kid, the character, of the kid. Maybe the actor who played Eugene was like, I honestly, I think that my character wouldn't know the difference. So. Maybe the yeah, he made a he made a choice. Yeah, I think I think the character the same yeah. props department that put like a plastic bow in a tree to unravel an right. entire exactly. mummy yeah. with inertia. Yeah, that's true. Um, so they they <laughs> decide that they are going to go to the perfect place to read this spell, the town church in the town square, and that's where they're going to go and they're going to do this. Um, the kids do with scary German guy in the scary German jeep. Um, Dell, oh, but we shouldn't mention Dell shoots the Dracula several times. It does nothing. Of course. Right. Um, and then I will uh, say one thing that I do like about the movie is that the Monster Squad, like everything that they learned about how to take out monsters, does like pay off, which is nice. Like they had this club, they were learning all this stuff about monsters, and it does get applied. It's not like a mm-hmm. club that had no purpose whatsoever. Like we see it with the right. Silver Bullet situation. Dracula can't get killed by a gun. Like. So it is nice that they at least go out of their way to validate, like, that they were sincerely learning valuable yeah. information. So, so uh, <clears throat> this is where Phoebe is is the lookout while they're trying to have uh, German guys coaching sixteen year old Patrick's sister, who was supposed to be a virgin, how to say all these things, and she's really bad at it. She doesn't really take German very seriously. I'm failing German, she says. Doesn't matter. We're gonna make it work. Okay. This is where Phoebe is looking in the lookout with with the binoculars, and she's like, "Guys, she's great. She's real. She's cute. great. The little, the little girl's great." Um, and so then there's a there's a fight. Um, the uh, by the way, there's a there's a vampire bat who's flying after the children, right? And Dell is speeding in his in his cop car, a different car. I don't know, a different car, maybe not the cop car. And he's firing wildly out the window with his service revolver and wings, no pun intended, the bat, who then flies into a warehouse window. And so he goes up there and finds, um, so you can you can apparently shoot a vampire if it's a bat, but you can't shoot a vampire if it's in the vampire form. And it's actually one of the coolest monster effects thing that they, that they have. He goes up the, the stairs and finds halfway transformed to bat from bat back into vampire, but with a big bullet wound in its leg. Yes. That's a really cool shot, the way that they did that. Um, and then he's immediately attacked by the, the wolfman. Uh, and there's a big fight scene between Dell's dad and the wolfman, or Sean's dad and the wolfman. Sean's dad takes a stick of dynamite, because there's everywhere, and he puts it in the waistband of the wolfman and then kicks him out the window. And as soon as he goes out the window, he explodes and all the chunks fall to the ground. I feel like thought- overall dynamite was too accessible in this yeah. town. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there was a sale to army surplus store or what. I guess so. Um, but is it a, maybe it's an old mining town. They got a lot of it just laying around. Um, if you thought that blowing up a, uh, a, a wolf man would, would kill it, 
uh, you're wrong, obviously. But here's what I thought, that blowing it up would blow it up, even if it didn't kill it. So that I would, we were going to have like the torso of a wolf man pulling itself around by its arms. But no, it just all like, like the, like, like the Terminator, the T-1000 Terminator 2, it all just zoops back together. And now it's a full wolf man again, because that's how wolf men work. Rudy is the hero of everything here because Rudy's got his, his, um, his bow and arrow with giant full, like, like this big around wooden stakes that you can shoot like an arrow from a bum, as you say, a nerf bow and arrow. And so he takes out the, the vampire ladies, poor, unfortunate IHOP waitresses. He shoots them in the, in, in the, in the chest with, with, with stakes. One of them gets too close uh, and he's able to stab it with a stake. Um, the wolf man comes out and he's able to, uh, he's, he's fighting off all these, uh, all these deputies in, in cowboy hats, East Texas. Uh, and then um, he, he picks up one of their service revolvers. Um, Rudy does. Fonzie does. Puts in one silver bullet into the chamber, snatches back up and shoots him in the chest. And then hey. again, uh, Uncle Rico, who is laying there, is like, Thank you. I thought that was that was a good little touch because the guy who was a wolf man didn't actually want to be a wolf man, and the only way he could break the spell was by being killed. That's actually the original story, and I thought that was a, a, a good touch there. Um, but lest you this you think we forgot somebody. The creature from the black lagoon shows up, and how does he get there? Well, he just goes to the sewer, he climbs up out of a manhole cover because the sewer connects to the swamp. Um, and Horace picks up an actual shotgun. The fat kid picks up a shotgun. Once he's trying to get into a restaurant in the town square, but EJ is in there along with EJ's friend, bully number two, and they will not let fat kid into the restaurant. So he has no choice but to turn around and shoot the creature from the black lagoon in the chest, killing it instantly. So apparently you have to use a wooden stake to kill a vampire uh, you have to use a silver bullet to kill Wolfman, and you have to use a 12-gauge shotgun to kill a creature from the Black Lagoon. It's Just obvious. Everyone yeah. knows that. Um, uh, and so Horace is one. Uh, this is all uh, happening now as Dracula is literally just backfisting deputies who all try to attack him with nightsticks. Like, nobody's nobody's trying to do anything. There's Bring dynamite all over this town. Bring to the party. Who's got a bazooka? I know, I know, this is East Texas. I know one of you motherfuckers got a flamethrower in your basement. Somebody, come on, let's go. No, no, the, no nobody, nobody's trying anything new or different. Um, meanwhile, this girl is is failing but terrible. Mom's only preparing meals. She doesn't have garlic around? I mean, come on. Um, at, one point, at one point, Fat Kid takes a slice of pizza out of his backpack and presses it on the face of Dracula. <laughs> uh, and and Dracula, ah! And then he's like, and he, he looks at Zara and says, garlic. And that's the only thing we ever <laughs> hear about it again. That's it. Um, so fat kid likes garlic on his pizza. Um, like, <laughs> like, like a great uncle you have. Make sure you put extra garlic on there. I like the garlic. Um, so um, it, is, it, 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 is, it is revealed. That the reason that the spell is not working, okay, 
is that um, is not just because she can't speak German, but because Patrick's sister maybe isn't a virgin. Um, and um, that this is I was just Steve. Steve doesn't count. Um, we need she, to find <laughs> her character arc is disrobe at all hours, only in front of an open window. Mm -hmm. Um, get be forced, be shitty at German, and you're failing at it. Um, be forced to speak German because revenge porn, mm -hmm. and also not a virgin, though she said she was because she's either too dumb or too ashamed which would be understandable because her own brother is yep. threatening to yep. use revenge porn yep. that's her whole character mm -hmm. my god so um this is where uh they realize well we don't have a virgin here who can do the speak german You do. All of like the it has to be a girl, apparently. That's that's never actually mentioned in any of the things that they say, but apparently old German guy would know. You literally are surrounded by virgins, but the only one who's allowed to do it is apparently Phoebe, who is five, and he's like, I will teach you how to speak the words. So he's saying them out loud and she's trying to repeat them. And I know she's not saying the words right because I can hear what she's saying. So, right. so apparently you don't, you don't, it, most, the biggest problem, virgins, Van Helsing and, and this amulet are really into like barely legal stuff. And so that's their whole, that's their whole search history on, on Pornhub. Um, so, uh, so honestly, it doesn't really matter if you speak German correctly. I just need to know that you're a virgin. It's kind of like a full ish moon. You have yeah. to be able to speak German kind of like, yeah. it's very like. Yeah. A lot of flexibility from the referees yeah. here. A lot of discretion. So she's she's saying the words and everything. She's doing it right, except for um, uh, then Dracula shows up and picks her up by the face uh, and is going to kill you. And then Frankenstein shows up and beats up uh, Dracula. Uh, and she's able to finish because he's, he's there because he loves Phoebe. Um, and so then uh, he she's able to finish saying the whole thing. The, the amulet opens up and swallows uh, Dracula into the old world because Van Helsing comes out of the thing, grabs Dracula, and then jumps into the... Into the uh... So Van Helsing is able to save the day, and he like gives a little salute to Sean because, of course, Van Helsing knows which kid is the leader of this group, and yeah. he would know who to acknowledge. Yeah. Um, I thought they were going to do a thing where, like, it was like uh, the, the old the old guy was... was uh, old German guy was going to be like... Grandfather, I have done everything that you have asked, and the prophecy is fulfilled. Thank you for giving me because it would make sense if like scary German guy came over and set the whole thing up so that everything could work later. Like it was him who got into or like, no. just like that should have been a way bigger part of the story, since right. that's kind of the crux of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like yep. I don't know. More interactions yeah. between Dracula and Van Helsing would have made sense. So then um, uh, the vor Vortex sucks uh, Frankenstein in there too, but Phoebe gives him her her, her, her Mr. Scraps uh, uh, stuffed dog, and he's very happy about that. So he has to go away too because 
because apparently Frankenstein's not allowed to live here. Um, and uh, and it doesn't nobody else gets sucked into the vortex. It's fine. I'll, I don't really know exactly how Phoebe isn't because she's just loosely positioned behind a toppled over bench. Everyone else is grabbed on for dear life and like being pulled with their legs flying in the air. But maybe because no, she's, she's okay. the one who actually said it. Maybe maybe that's why. Um, but uh, then everyone's celebrating, hugging. Everything's fine. Um, and then the army shows up. Literally all whole bunch of army guys and like, all right, which one of you here is Eugene? And then Eugene says like, the mommy came in my room. And uh, it's like, it's like, what, what, what's going on? Give me a sit rep. Who's in charge here? Um, and Sean steps forward and pulls out of his uh, inside pocket of his jacket a business card which says Monster Squad. And they thought they were going to make six of these. You cannot tell me they did not think they were going to make six of these goddamn movies. Um, this was set up immediately. Like, so this is the thing. This is why I say it feels like a TV pilot. This is the story that sets up the thing going forward. This is the origin story of the Monster Squad for either a series or several movies. And they made one of these and no one ever saw any of these child actors ever again. Um, and and that's, that, that's, that's it. Uh, every, the, the day has been saved, except for Stan Shaw, who we assume had a family, but who cares about them? According to the, to the filmmakers, they don't really matter. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. That's the movie. And then you want to talk about the uh, closing credits? Oh, there's just a whole song that's like Monster Squad. And they brag about the fact that this didn't happen on Halloween because that would have been corny if it happened on Halloween. This is cool. Like, this is like they're committed to this year round. And I'm wondering why all these monsters that are associated with Halloween are. It was kind of nice that there wasn't like a town Halloween party where everyone's in costume and there's hijinks. Like that was right. a refreshing thing to get away from. But if you're going to tell me it's a different day of the year, it's weird that you use Halloween monsters. And if that different day of the year is a different full moon, then mm -hmm. it should be an actual full moon, not a full issue. Right. No, so. you're, you're right. So sick soundtrack is what I'm telling you. The sickest. Alex, this was not a good movie. I I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe season two of the Monster Squad TV show is when they really, really picked up. We really gotten to see who these kids are as they get older and they get grow into their own. Um, and that Phoebe, she's always there for a laugh. She was uh, however, really good, like for such really, a little kid. She was, yeah, she, was she was really was. good. And the um, actor that played Frankenstein too was, uh, they had like a yeah. a nice little. Yeah, Tom Noonan is a, is a is a consummate professional actor. He's great. Like prior to this, he had played uh, the the bad guy in um, uh, Manhunter, uh, which is the uh, the Red Dragon uh, movie that they made with. Uh, Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter. Uh, it's a it's a really really good earlier early Hannibal Lecter type movie before they made Sounds of the Lambs, uh, and he's he's great in it. Like he's really really good in it. Um, he's very good as, as a creepy dude, um, and he's a very sweet man. And, uh, and it's just not, not very bogus. 
that's what he says when he when he when he when he, when he picks up uh dracula and, and like smacks him around he says bogus that's what he does i have to tell you i'm gonna get the flick out of here for so many flick. reasons mm, 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 mm. get out get the flick the far the farthest way out. out of here way out of here one uh like just doesn't hold up from the perspective of like just throw it around gay slurs and depicting women horribly no, and all no, that no. kind of jazz. But I can appreciate when something's filmed at a different time that it's in the type that it's in. Two, you extended Schlocktober for this movie, so I automatically have resentment toward that. And no, no, it's like, true. No, I re I resent myself. Okay, good. We're on the same page. And three, this is a victim of being at the end of Schlocktober, where I've already seen this movie like three times because this oh, is. Yeah also spooky buddies and this is also Ernest scared stupid and this is also um like every because i had to watch the kids one because i'm a big sissy i've already seen right. this formula so many times so it's like bad and tired like when Ernest scared stupid is the significantly better movie that's not a good sign for you so for those reasons i'm going to get the flick out of here and um we can move on to the paramount holiday season soon this wasn't good. And no, there's some good, like the actor that played Dracula, I thought was really good in this too. He had like a very controlled portrayal, I think, for most of it. But like the plot holes are just insane. And they're they're constant. They're literally constant. Nothing makes sense. And like, it's it, it does nothing it's holds not, up to the tiniest bit of scrutiny. Nothing. Yeah, no. No, it doesn't. And it's not uh you can't forgive it because it's not a parody. It's like a sincere. Well, like here's the thing: people are like, but it's a obviously it's not real. Look at there's all these monsters. Like, yeah, but like you can make a monster movie where the rest of the movie feels real, and I would argue you kind of have to, otherwise yes. the whole thing falls apart. Hundred percent. Because if you're gonna like drop Dracula in the middle of East Texas, literally with Frankenstein and and Pitchback Lagoon, who lives in the swamp, and the mummy, who's in that particular museum for no reason and the wolfman um if you're gonna do that then the rest of the world around it has to feel real with actual non-plot holes in order for that to make any kind of impact on the world otherwise it's just a bunch of crap that doesn't make any sense which is what this was very well summarized a bunch of crap that doesn't really make any sense get, the, get, the flick out get it way out of here God, I'm so angry that this movie... I wanted it to be good, you guys. I wanted it to be as good as I remembered it from when I was nine. And it's not at it all. Not. The Wolfman does have nards. And if I met him, I would kick them in them because he was in this movie. It was also, apparently, anything around a full moon, he's totally fine to be... Oh, get, get the get the I really want to know what's going on with those two World War II bomber pilots. As do I. As I want I. I want a spin-off of just those guys. Yeah. Flying around a World War II bomber for no reason. And um, like that guy's therapy sessions of what he saw. I want to I want the notes. There's so there are so many scenes that were deleted from this movie that were never filmed or never that that I'm I really would have loved to have seen how they would have handled it. But no, 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 not at all. Mm -hmm. All right, next week, probably something regular-ish. And then everything after that is going to be uh, this uh, torture for me and, and delight for Kate. So the opposite this past month. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I, don't know what, I, don't, I don't know what's going to be next week. We don't know yet. But 
whatever it is, I will not downvote it so hard as I did to this week when I say get the flick out of here. Oh, Monster Squad, why did you end up sucking so bad? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me. Nah, that doesn't have a ring to it. But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.